Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Can the Heat compete for the top of the East? Draymond or Clay, you can only keep one. What will OKC do if the Russ Paul George experiment isn't working? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today I am with James Hollis, a.k.a. at Snotty Drippin'. I'm wearing my pink knee undies and I have to tell you, these are really, really comfortable undies, uh, and, and so comfortable I had my wife take a picture of me and then I tweeted that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> They're pink. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's something about it that makes me feel even you know more comfortable. The you're fact off- that your wife, the fact that your wife agreed to that, uh, you guys are a, a, a couple, a match made in heaven, or 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 somewhere <laughs> else, made somewhere else. But that's right. That's right. If you only like basketball, then we'd really be in business. So your wife doesn't even like basketball. Not really, no. <laughs> you know, neither do my kids. It kind of kills do they, me. Do they just kind of tolerate the fact that you talk so much basketball then? Oh, yeah. It's like, especially if we're out and about, like, with, you know, with another couple or whatever, and then I'm, I'm start talking basketball with the guy. It's like the, the, the garage door closes, and it's like they're, they're she just, they just connect and go somewhere else and talk something else. So, yes, it's a, uh, it's a, eh, it is, it is what it is. So, th- let that be a lesson to anybody out there that if you do find a, a woman who you're interested in or whoever you want to fall in love with, and if they love basketball, don't lose them, keep them forever. <laughs> so, we are going to do a question and answer, I think, from Twitter. I think that's our thing for today. However, we do have a little bit to talk about. There's a little bit of news. Uh, we had the Miami Heat signed or extended uh, one of their guards on their team. Uh, people are a little bit con- confused about the Josh Richardson signing, but uh, what do you think about that, Snotty? James? Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? He's, he's 23. Uh, he's 6'6". Six, six. He showed a lot of potential his first couple of years. Last year, he averaged like 10 points, three rebounds, almost three assists um, in limited minutes. He fits that heat culture. And I think this is a case of, um, I mean, look, we know that like, quote unquote, average starter money right now is about $16 million a year. $10 million a year for a rotation player is not bad at all. Even a guy who can start in spots is not bad at all. And I mean, they almost are doing a, a Boston Celtics thing where they're loading up on wings. They're not quite as big as Boston, and they're paying a lot more than Boston was paying. But, you know, between Tyler Johnson, Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, James Johnson, that kind of versatile switchy guy. And now they got uh, our, our guy Josh Richardson in the in the mix, too. I mean, jo- Rodney Magruder's on that same kind of thing, too. They got a lot of, like, physical uh, kind of athletic wings. That's good. I, I think you can't have too many versatile wings in today's NBA. So $10 million for that, it's not bad at all. I don't, I don't mind that. I agree. I agree. I feel like, you know, he is a potential starter, ultimately. I mean, he's getting a little bit long in the tooth at 23. 
or is he 24 now? Uh, I got to check real quick. But um, uh, he's, he's still 23. 23. So yeah. you know, you know, at some point around that 25 mark, you kind of get to your where you're going to be. I think for your career. So I really like what I've seen in those flashes. And uh, again, yeah, if he's a rotation player and maybe even gets to be a starter, and you're paying the guy 11 million bucks a, a year, that's a that's a good deal. And I think that's the problem we're having now when we're looking at these numbers is we just need to look at his percentage of the uh, of the salary cap. I think that's going to be the new way we look at this going forward because there's no way to compare these prices anymore. You know, $11 million five years ago was a lot more than it is now. And For so, sure. But you can compare the percentage of the of the uh, salary cap. That's another way to look at it. So uh, I like I like what he can do. I think he has a nice jumper. Uh, the mechanics are there. Uh, let's not forget Tyler Johnson's out there too, who I really like as well. So I think that the, the Heat are doing some really good things. Um, they might be a sleeper. Do you think that they're going to compete for anything significant in the East? Uh, no, not this year. I don't think so. I feel like they're a team of kind of, you know, third option kind of guys, some second second-ish kind of option guys waiting for a superstar, and that's what Raleigh's trying to do, right? I think he has all these decent con- and if need be, he can move contracts to to bring somebody in. Um, they don't have any money for free agents, but they have. They've been striking out in free agency recently, so. Um, I, they, I again, I'm going to compare them to Boston where they looked at what Boston did. They have a great coach. They're building a strong culture. Uh, you know, they don't they, they play hard. They play together. And hopefully they're thinking, I guess, somebody looks at them and says, I want to go there. I'm tired of my I'm tired of my team now. Send me to Miami. And they'll say, OK, and we can send you back these attractive, these at least, you know, useful pieces at, at decent salary. So, um, so there's a certain amount of flexibility. Uh, they're going to be good. They're going to play hard. They're deep. I don't think they want to scare anybody in the East. I don't think so. Fair enough. I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it'll be a pleasant surprise if uh, Dion, you know, detonates again this year and, and shows us that he has uh, understood how to play in the NBA. Uh, that would be, it, it, there's some pieces there. Whiteside, you know. So I, I'm intrigued, to say the least. And uh, they could be, at the very least, they could be a fun team to watch and, uh, and see. So, so, so my yeah. question to you, though, is uh, if I compare him to Boston. Who has to be their Isaiah Thomas? Who has to be that guy to really step up and, and like play like a superstar, even if they're not a superstar? Is it Dion? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna have to be Dion. <laughs> Which you're right, <laughs> that kind of actually. But but it's you never know. I mean, I here's the thing. I think Dion can do it against the bottom fifteen defense defenses in the league, right? I mean, Dion did it against the Warriors last year. He did it against good teams last year. Yeah, Dion was that is true. Was, surpri- was surprisingly. I mean, there was that streak. Um, I think I did the math. They I, sure they went uh, thirty and eleven the second half of the season, but they really had a nice stretch where they went like twenty one and five, yeah, or twenty twenty two and five, and that's when Dion he got hurt after that. That's when he averaged almost like twenty five and five a game. He right. was he, he was playing like a superstar. I mean, yeah, you know? he was well. He was also putting the O in Yolo, so you know so <laughs> how he was playing, but. Hey, you know what? Listen, if if he can prove it again, then I'm I'm with it. He's got to show me. He's got to show he can really do that again, uh, and and for me to be completely sold. But uh, my, I'm I'm willing. I'm willing to learn. <laughs> I'm the same way. Uh, I mean, that's the big that's the big question. Can Dion play at that level for a full? That's the question. Right, and that's that, yeah. You watch Lost, right? The show. I do. So you know, I like, did. Dion Waiters Island is much like the island that moves, and you know you never know exactly where it might be <laughs> at what time. So that's the question. We'll find out if they uh, if you can figure that out. So uh, let's go to Twitter because we have some questions. You want to queue one up in your timeline? 
Uh, sure. I'll start. Um, we'll start with the, a, an easy one. Um, Dre. Uh, so this is from Basketball Jones. His name is at at a Sports Jones. He wants to know Draymond or Clay. You can only keep one, and then we'll even put in for him the why we answer that. So I'll let you go first. Um, I always say this, and maybe everyone's going to be you know, rolling their eyes when I say this again, but I'm at the company picnic, the NBA company picnic in July or August, right? And it's gonna be, they're going to have a pickup game. Everyone's there. I'm picking Draymond first. Huh. And I, I, that means I would certainly take Draymond over Clay if I had to make the decision as well. Uh-huh. Okay, so why? Can you tell us, tell us right. why? Because like, here's what happens. Everyone's like, man, you are a stupid idiot. I'm going to take LeBron. I'm like, great, I'll take KD. Good luck. <laughs> I will run five-on-five five all afternoon with KD and, LeBron and, uh, and um, Draymond against anybody else. I think, I think that's going to be a, a tough team to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And by the way, it's uh, a toughness. It's the way he plays. It's the way he plays defense. It's the way you know the, the intensity, all of those things that drives that, that their their team. Uh, you know that are the intangibles almost that I really you know respond to, independent of it. Every once in a while, when he loses his his mind, uh, which is not you know it seemed like he was pretty good last year. I, I know I'm missing a couple incidents, I'm sure, but um, you know I mean that's what I respond to when I see that. Well, hey, coach, I will say. Just pick KD first. Draymond will be available at the second pick too. So, oh, man, now you're smarter <laughs> than me. You're right. I, yeah, you know, either yeah, way yeah. It works. Yeah. But yes, um, I, I just think that's what it is. When you, especially in those pickup kind of games, and that's what that's what I respond to. So, do you do you agree, or would you take Clay over uh, Draymond? No, I would say Dray for the simple fact that uh, his versatility is what unlocks that whole team. The fact you can play him at center and you know have KD beside him or you know whoever Iggy beside him and he can he can guard anywhere from two to five, while Clay sure he's a great shooter he's more of a luxury on that team than a necessity as far as KD and Steph can replicate a lot of what Clay does you know they just he's another he's another bullet in the chamber when he's not there, uh, sure he's a long defender but you know you 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 have to move him you can bring in another long defender and. Somebody who can feel in that clip. But I think Draymond's uniqueness makes him more vital to what uh, Golden State does. In fact, if we're going to say the only thing I think that can really almost derail Golden State is a serious injury. Knock on wood. It doesn't happen. A single serious injury to Dre. Because I think anyone else, they can kind of make do with. Like, you know, they'll still dominate without KD. Still dominant. They can make do without Steph. I get how important Steph is. But Draymond not being on that team long term, I think that's going to really just kind of. So that's the so I I say definitely if I have to keep make a decision I'm keeping Dre yeah and yeah great point I love the point about yeah about the, if there's going to be an injury that's the one that's going to really hurt them the most so as I'm thinking about injuries it reminds me that when my body aches I like to make it feel better by eating good food and that is what our friends over at Blue Apron provide the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. For less than $10 a person, you get the exact amount of each ingredient required, eliminating food waste, along with very easy-to-follow directions that only take 30 minutes to prepare. In no time, you and the people you live with can be enjoying delicious garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad and roasted purple tomatoes. My mouth is literally watering right now thinking about all those delicious colors bursting in my mouth. Their recipes have huge variety and can be custom tailored to your individual taste. And best of all, when you visit blueapron.com slash coachnick, you'll get your first three meals free. 
There's no risk here and they fully guarantee you'll like the meal or they will make it right. So head to blueapron.com slash coachnick now for your free meals and life of delicious culinary fulfillment. Uh, we have another question here, which we, it's kind of a, a throwback, but Swaco at its BP though <laughs> asks <laughs> prime Brandon Roy or prime Stevie franchise. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so I'll take this one first. Um, I think people compare. And they say that don't don't make that face, coach. And they say that no, no, think, I'm making the face because uh, you, you cut off for like two seconds, but no worries. Oh, uh, people make the comparison like maybe Russell Westbrook and even I heard somebody say Fultz could be like Stevie franchise. And people I think a lot of maybe a lot of uh, a lot of fans today don't realize how good Stevie franchise was in his prime. But Brandon Roy, I think, was a total package. And uh, while he wasn't the athlete, explosive athlete that Steve uh, Francis, Steve Francis was, he basically could do it all on the court. He could play off ball. He could play on ball. And I think that's probably who people should think that they want Fultz to be like. Because, uh, I mean, Roy was had a good size. He was 6'5", I think. He could guard. You know, he, 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 he was a strong defender. He wasn't a great defender. Strong defender. And he was a great passer. He could put your lead guard. I would probably, if I'm saying I'm going to build a franchise, I'm taking him because, and he was a winner. You know, I hate I hate to use that kind of a trite term. He seemed to be like he he, he made winning plays and win. While franchise was a great bucket getter, but you know he wasn't the smartest player. So if you you tell me I'm picking one to build a team around, I'm taking Brandon Roy. Who you got? You know, the funny thing with, with Brandon Roy is what I responded to him with or about or whatever he made me respond to is he was kind of mean. You know, there was something about him that he was going to. He was going to do what he was going to do on that court. He didn't give a crap about anybody else. You know, he, he was going to get it done. There's, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard to sort of describe because everyone, you know, is a nice guy, I'm sure, off the court. But the way he played, it was almost like he – I don't know. I, it's hard to me to describe, but there was some primal, you know uh, – I, I don't know if it was anger, but there was something about it. Like I, I know when I played, and I used to be a really good defender – that was the kind of guy I did not want to guard because he would, he would just like literally just bowl me right over to get to get his buckets right. He didn't give it. She didn't care, and and that's what you you got to be worried about because you don't know what what he's going to do. So that was what I responded to. I think when I first you know, started watching Brandon Roy in his prime, and it is too bad that he that it was uh, he ended soon. Stevie Francis was again. Francis was a really impressive athlete in that Russ mold, in that Marbury mold. Um, you know, it's it's hard, especially in that era where they weren't shooting the threes as much. Um, the, the ball dominant point guards were still not quite, you know, it was a no, it's still a new thing, right then. And yep. so I think that the criticism was even higher then than it is now. And uh, so it was harder for me to watch it. I kind of, you know, I was probably still stuck in those in those, uh, you know, uh, traditional point guard role uh, players back then. And so it was harder for me. But he was good. But I, yeah, I think Brandon Roy just had some intangibles that you mentioned, and, and I'm trying to I'm trying to describe very poorly uh, that I would take him for sure. No, you did a good job. I mean, that's you, Roy played with a, a, a not even an edge, but you're right. He just he he was do anything to win. He was a really aggressive, strong player, and that's. A, um, I, I got the next one. Let's go with my man, uh, 21 Sadness, uh, Prospadrino. Where do you rank DeMar if you're making a list like Sports Illustrator or ESPN? DeMar DeRozan, that's a good question. Oh, where, do you know where they listed him on this one? I, I haven't even paid attention. People are freaking well, out about it. I haven't either, but let's say, uh, I mean, like people, so the thing with DeMar is people are saying uh, he's not a top 30 player in the NBA. And I, I don't that so i'll look it up while you uh where where just where do you think demar ranks among players 
I mean, again, it's really tough because it's usually I'm like, well, I got to look at the list and just really like stare. Okay, is that guy there? And he, where is he? And where is this? So that's tough. Um, you know, it's, it's weird. You know, it's, he's a guy that, that plays just like Kobe and scores almost like Kobe as far as, you know, the production-wise goes. Um, you know, his defense is, is, is fine, is average. So, um, you know, I, I think what's going to end up holding him back in this day and age is the fact that he can't space that floor and that ultimately what we see in the playoffs because of those tough shots, they just don't go down as often just, just because it's the playoffs. So, um, you know, I, to me it's almost like, well, which, how, how high is he up in the shooting guard ranks? He's, he is, he's, he's number 36 in the SI ranking this year, up from 46 last year. That's Sports yeah. Illustrated. I mean, that sounds reasonable to me. I would say he's in the see? top 40, right? Uh, that's crazy to me. I mean, I get it if he's not top fifteen, but he, for him not to be top like twenty, the guy averaged 20, almost twenty seven, like five rebounds and four assists a game. Yeah, and I get no, what you're, you're right. saying about I get what you're saying about the he doesn't space the floor, but he still produces. And, and I'm starting to think we're, we really under we really undervalue uh, just flat out production, especially if a guy you want him to score, he gives you twenty seven a game. Yeah. He, gives it to you, he gives it to you in a phone booth, and he lets he lets other guys just be themselves because they don't have to worry about trying to score. You know, yeah. and, you know. You're so, right. so what? Where would he rank in, in with the shooting guards? It's so funny because I mean, Dave and I were talking earlier today about the the, the top five shooting guards. And I don't even think he came up. Um, and you know what? I understand if I, he's right on the cusp. He's number because obviously it's James Harden number one. Okay, to so me. you want to put Harden there? I, I think Harden's number one as far I, as shooting I mean, but you want to put him in the shooting guard list. Well, Chris Paul now, right? So we're, we're, okay. let's if we're just doing a traditional style. Chris Paul's the point guard, and Harden be the two guard. Okay. Um, I, I think Jimmy Butler to me is number two because Jimmy Butler's defense puts Jimmy Butler's ability to uh, handle the ball and play make puts him over Clay Thompson to me. So I got Jimmy Butler two, and I got Clay. You know, Clay's fine at three, um, and that's where that's like really the only one I'm really hard locked into. Uh, I, I know Bradley Beal's coming strong. I know. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I, uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, my goodness gracious. There's probably a couple of guys. Uh, oh, I used to have the shooting guard list in my head so well, too. Um, we're going to get yelled at so bad for this one. Um, yeah. But I know a guy like uh, like Chris Middleton. I get he's not that flashy scorer, but yeah. he is such, he's such an all-around good player. He's in the discussion. Who the hell are we yeah, missing? Gordon Hayward? Um, see, I think of him as a, as a small forward. But oh. either, yeah, yeah, if you, if you right, have fine. Um, yeah, same thing with Paul George, a small forward. So yeah. who the hell are we missing? Well, the guy we talked about earlier today was Gary Harris, who we think is going to make a beeline up that list uh, this year. But, uh, you know, I mean, you're right. Danny Green is, you know, I don't know. Um, Danny, uh, yeah, yeah, he's not, he's not you know, there. You're right. Like Beal is in that conversation, certainly. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, and it's about, I mean, maybe like, you know, but Dwayne Wade is down, you know, the way he is now. So you're right. It, it's, it's not the longest, not a long, long list. Although I know last year I made a pretty good argument, I thought, for like the top five or six shooting guards were really good. Um, They're all really good, yeah. Like uh, last year people were saying J.J. Redick, but I think a lot of that was dependent on him playing with Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens you know? in, in Philly this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, good, really good question and interesting stuff. So, and there's something else you should be giving a legitimate shot at. Bombfell, an easier way for men to get better clothing. It's as simple as completing a questionnaire, which then gets you matched up with your very own dedicated personal stylist. I'm not saying you're going to be friends with them, but you're going to want to be when you see how well they match the clothes with your personal taste. When you sign up, you pay nothing. You only pay for the clothes you keep. 
free shipping and returns, and you can preview the clothes your stylist picked out for you before they send them. I'm literally wearing an awesome button-down shirt that Bombfeld delivered right to my door. It's really soft, very high quality, makes me look thin, and it fits me like a ball swishes in the net. Well, you get the idea. And it doesn't stop there. Go to bombfell.com slash coachnick. That's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash coachnick. And you'll get 25 bucks off your first purchase. Imagine going to the mall to shop for clothes. Now, imagine sitting on your couch with the game on and your feet up to shop for clothes. It's completely flexible. You decide how often you'll receive clothes and you can pause or cancel at any time. You only pay for the clothes you keep and they never charge above retail price. My favorite part is trying on all the clothes for my wife and we do it just like a cheesy 80s montage, right down to the big thumbs up from her when she likes what Bombfell sent. So head over to bombfell.com slash coachnick, save 25 bucks on your first purchase and start strutting down the street in some serious style. Plus, this is one of the best taglines I've ever heard. Check it out. Bombfell, open and clothes. So where we leave that off? Where 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 we left this? Um. So I think he's at least top. I mean, at the very outside, top twenty-five. Because when I say top thirty, I think if they had a draft, like they read, they just shuffled all the players together, yeah. and they said every team rose and wouldn't be one of the first thirty players picked. Yeah, I won't, and I, I won't now, fight you on that. Right. So I and I get it. Some people, some people say, well, no, a lot of teams go with younger talent who might not be as good, and that makes sense. But if we're just talking about straight talent right now, I love. It's just there's just been this groundswell to to really t- say that like Demar Derozan is not a good player, and I don't know where it's coming from. No, you know? I mean, yeah, no, he's good. He's good. It's just I, I think there's a frustration in the playoffs and where they're going, and it's also a function of the offense, which is a function of Casey and and stuff like that too, which uh, you know yields d- very difficult shots that could be prepared for. So uh, we'll see what happens. Everyone's sleeping on the Raptors this year, and, and and maybe rightfully so. Yeah, I'm with you. I think people are a little too. Uh, the, no, the roster's stale, all this. No, I think adding Surge is really going to kind of give them a little boost. And I, I, DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are really good. So yeah. I think they're, they're definitely still going to be a really good team. All right, next question is from Denzel, at Denzel9651. If you're the Thunder in the middle to end of the season, you see Paul George is not going to re-sign. You flip him the Cavs for the Brooklyn pick, question mark. Uh, so I think that you're basically – uh, you're you're punting on a Russell Westbrook too, right? Because I, I, unless he tells you, if he, unless he comes to you and tells you, hey, listen, I'm a part of this, move me right now. That's Paul George doing that. I think you kind of roll the dice and you let this one rock out because you got two top 15 players in the NBA. You don't know what can happen at any given moment. You know, uh, like we just said, knock on wood. I don't wish injury on any other team. But I think that OKC is that will be that good this year. Where sure they're not Golden State. But they are that next tier below just because on the strength of having the, those two dynam- dynamic players and the defense. I think they're going to roll out there with Roberson and, and Steven Adams. So I, I think um, if you're going to just tear it all down, I mean, if you why would you have to do it midseason? You could do that. You could do that this summer. You know, what I mean, because what, what do you I, I mean? Uh, yeah, I get it. Because then Cleveland said they want Paul George right now for a playoff run. But I, I don't know, man. I, that's tough. That's tough. I get logically it makes sense to just say it's best for the team to get that pick. And then, you know, Russ can decide what he wants to do, you know, next summer. Uh, and then it's going to be a full on rebuild. But I mean, I think they kind of owe it to their fans to try to roll it out there. So 
I don't so know. That's so tough. You what do you that say? Do you think that they're going to be like third or fourth in the Western Conference? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think Golden State is obviously the head and shoulders above everybody else. I and I, I get it. Chris Paul to the Houston Rockets is a big deal, and they, you know, they added some good defenders. I just I really think OKC is going to be uh, you know they won forty seven last year somehow. I you can you can almost tack like I think you can tack almost like six or seven or eight wins onto that. They're going to be really good. Uh, okay, maybe we'll see. I mean, uh, maybe yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, and certainly we know that Paul George, I don't think, is coming back. I mean, now that they paved the way to allow the Lakers to sign him and not penalize him for the uh, tampering, um, I, I mean, I, I just think it's a lock no matter what. Uh, and we'll have to find out if Paul George is going to like playing with Russell Westbrook. Because obviously that's going to be the only thing that's going to maybe sway him. If they can get to, like, third in the conference and really compete – Right, like what's going to keep Paul George there? They'd have to do surprisingly well, right? They'd have to get to like the conference finals, I think, right? Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm being really optimistic about it because I'm you know I'm a big Russell Westbrook guy, so Paul yeah. George has never played he's never played with a player of that caliber before, and I think he's going to as much of the revel like I think uh, Russell Westbrook learned a lesson playing with Kevin Durant and not having Kevin Durant, and he realized how much he needs that. And I think Paul George is going to be impressed by having a, a player of that caliber beside him, and maybe enough to get him to stay around. Yeah. But it, like, it, I think you, they got to have success. You're right. they got to be really good to, to even make him consider it. So. All right. What do you got? Um, I, oh, next question. I was going to say, yes. yeah, I don't, think they, I don't think they flip. So you think they should flip it? You, you, oh. you ask the question? Oh, yeah, I, I think that, right, because they, they won't know at that point if they're going to make the conference finals or not or whatever. So that's an interesting question. Uh, do you see, see, the funny thing about the Brooklyn pick would be that we're all thinking it's not going to be as high as people might think it might be. So that's what you've got to wait for. We'll know in, in February probably where that pick's going to be or pretty close, I think. And so... Um, that's the real question for me. So I would be 50-50 on it at this, right at this moment, but I would probably be leaning to flipping him for the, that pick uh, most likely. Uh, that, would, that would be such a blow for Thunder fans, man. So um, that, you know what? Let's, that actually links to another question we had from my man uh, Nick underscore it, Nick Letourno. Does the Zeller signing move the needle on the net pick for y'all? Saw people saying the Cavs definitely need to trade it now. Um, so we, I don't think either. Are we, the, are you up on the Zeller signing? I am not. This just, just happened. This is compelling. This is awfully compelling radio here yeah. while, uh, we're both looking up Zeller signing to right. see exactly where, where he went. Oh, the Nets signed him. So which Zeller, which Zeller Tyler. signed him? So, um, Tyler Zeller went from oh. Boston to, to Brooklyn and, oh. you know, I, I, you know, I don't know. He's, he has not been a, a, move, a needle mover to me for, you know, I don't think he is. So, Okay, so here's the thing. So, I'm, you know, you know, I'm not a, a huge stats guy, but I know that a lot of people were high on Zeller in Boston because he just he was one of those plus minus darlings kind of when he, he like when he was on the court, the defense if rating was good and he didn't play a lot of minutes, obviously, the last couple of years. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not I've never been impressed by him, but he, he seemed like a smart guy who just kind of knew how to play basketball. Right. Which is something that the Nets certainly need a, a, a lot more of. But uh, there's no question. Uh, offensively, he was he was terrible often <laughs> and like and maybe and even more terrible than I'd ever seen him before like there were flashes earlier in his career I don't know what happened the last couple of seasons but man there were moments where it was like what are you doing on the floor but you're right defensively I think that there was a bit of an anchor there he he was okay and uh, maybe a change of scenery will get him out of that rut as well but certainly you know it helps the Nets but the Nets are coming from you know 23 or 24 wins so you know 
But, um, you know, I don't know. But I, do, I have an interesting question here. Muley uh, Yuli uh, at John Mom Placer asks, if LeBron leaves Cleveland, what teams are the best and worst fits for him? Where is your dream landing spot for him? Um, that's really tough. Uh, I see a lot of people say the Spurs, and that would be amazing to see him and Kawhi. Right? I just don't know how they make that money work, but if there's any way – because I, I really think him and Kawhi together are enough to maybe kind of push uh, Golden State. I, I don't know if they'll beat them, but at least it makes it really interesting. And seeing him with Pop. The issue about that is, realistically, we know that uh, LeBron James' brand is the apex predator. It comes into town and it takes over everything. It become, it, it hits the top of the food chain. So he comes in. He's not going to come into San Antonio and, you know, have his buddies hanging. Oh, not, I'm sorry, buddies. Have his... Uh, his his compatriots, his his coworkers, his 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 group with him, like on the plane, and you know, just kind of have a hand in everything. That's not happening in San Antonio, so I don't right. know if that, how that works. Right. But that's yeah, I don't see it. Like people say, Los Angeles, if they don't get another star, and even if they do, I mean, nobody's scared of you know LeBron and Paul George and and Brandon Ingram. Nobody, they're just not. You know, and Lonzo Ball and you know, whatever and Lonzo Ball, yeah. So I and don't that. Know. that well, no, that, that's even funnier because, I mean, like, LeBron is best as the big point forward. So what do you do with Lonzo Ball now? You know what I mean? Like, like that's not even a great fit to me. So um, I just – it's really hard at this stage in his you – know, let's, let's talk about that because somebody – there was a time when you would move heaven and earth to get LeBron James on your team, right? You would – anything – because if you get him on your team, you're going to go to the finals. In this current environment with Golden State dominating the West and LeBron James, he's going to be 33 this year, Mm -hmm. 34, 33. Like, how much do you really give up to bring in LeBron James? Right. You know, like, how how much is that worth to you as a franchise? Sure. I know in the short term it's worth everything because you you, you butts in the seats. You're going to win a lot of basketball games. But you're not giving up anything. He's going to sign as a free agent, right? Well, I'm saying in general. So that's what I'm trying to shift in the question a little bit. Oh. Any any other team? But see, and what no team has the money other than Los Angeles right now. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm looking at realistically. So you're going to have to make room for LeBron James if any team is going to bring him in. Yeah. H- how much do you sacrifice right now for LeBron James, and how many years do you get from him? You know what I mean? I I, I just feel like you know they're asking for the best fit and the worst fit is, and whatever the that the the Lakers fit might or might not be. I think the worst fit for him is anywhere in the West. I don't know why he'd ever want to go there, uh, especially with the, the you know the Warriors. If he stays in the East, he's going to have a chance almost on any team in the East to get to the finals at least, and then who knows what happens sure. there. So uh, you know, it's so the best fit for him in the East. You know, I mean, you could almost argue like going to the Sixers or something like that, right? And, and team able to Embiid and, and Fultz. And, you know, if they really develop this year and are good, that's interesting to me. Um, you know, or, or the Bucks, you know, uh, with Giannis and, and uh, Middleton. Like, that's interesting as well. So th- that's where I would do. I, I don't think I, I don't know why you'd ever consider the, uh, the West at all. Yeah, that's always been a funny thing to me. Like people say he wants to go out and prove something out west. I mean, he'll prove that he, that he can't get to the finals out west because he's not he's not beating Golden State and getting to the finals. He's just right. not doing it anywhere out west. So, um, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I got too deep into it. We're talking about just dream a dream fit for him. Yeah. Uh, you need shooters everywhere, and you need like another kind of prime time player. I, I'm I'm racking my brains. Denver. Yeah. Uh, Plays like Denver, I guess. I mean, that's that. That'd be fun. Um, him and Blake Griffin and lost in the for the Clippers. With, yeah, you the know, Clippers Gall- are interesting to me somehow. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I guess I'm not. A, I'm not the biggest LeBron rah rah fan. So there's no dream scenario. I don't dream about LeBron James anywhere. I got yelled at because people were saying, "Oh, you do anything to get him on in in Boston," and I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't because guess what? He's signing a one-year deal. You don't know if he's coming back. You give you got a clear space for him, so now you moved a lot of things and you moved picks for him. And you know, it's like we've seen that we've seen the LeBron show before to the point where even though it's still great to look at, I wouldn't want my franchise to go through that circus. Yeah, and by the way, you called it a, uh, a drone predator. No, what'd you say? I, the apex. He's an apex predator. All right. I mean, I, I, Kyrie might call it the blob. <laughs> 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 but uh, at any rate, interesting. Uh, I got a question here. Ario at one v one Killa asks, "What's it going to take from Kawhi this year to dethrone Russ from King of the Jordan brand?" Now, this is interesting because we don't normally talk about uh, you know branding and. Um, and the, the pop culture side of this thing. But uh, this does uh, fold in on my Kawhi is not a superstar argument. It does. And I get I get your argument for it. I just we have different definitions of why a guy I would call a guy a superstar. But as far as marketing, it would take Kawhi Leonard to all of a sudden show some. It would take for uh, Kawhi to win the MVP this year, maybe. But even still, like I said, he's just so and it's, it's just who he is. I respect that about him. He's just such a about his business kind of guy. While Russ is so flashy and flamboyant, like, you know, Russ, like, oh, I don't think we talked about how Russ just signed uh, a 10 year deal with, you know, Jordan brand that like the biggest Jordan deal ever since Michael Jordan himself. Um, and that's because of who he is and his game and his fire. And he's, he's so I think he has one of the best selling jerseys this year. You know, that's Westbrook. Right. But it's also cool. Russ. You know, he is so good in those commercials. You know what yeah. I mean? He yeah. is so hilarious yeah. to me. Uh, and, you know, again, uh, we, I, we forgot to follow up on that, the, the Mountain Dew commercial when the guy drinks the thing and his shirt is all, you know, and it, what does he say at the end? Uh, he goes, that, that's, that's whack, dude. Whatever he says. Anyway, it's just <laughs> perfect what he says. Anyway, so, yeah, I, and I think you're right. I think Kawhi, but we've seen there, there is a little twinkle in Kawhi's eye in those uh, commercials, the supermarket commercials in San Antonio. But you know what? Those are San Antonio commercials like the world didn't see those. I've never seen those commercials. Oh, I haven't well, seen a single one. When I started saying he hadn't done any commercials, like all of a sudden I got flooded with all those. And, and, I, and that's I, the thing, right? Like, I get it. Sure, great. He does local commercials in yeah. San Antonio. That's that, the, and where he doesn't speak hardly at all in them, you know, so... Yeah. That, yeah, you're right. And that, that's the problem. And that's why, you know, I feel like that's what the superstar, that, that next level, doesn't take anything away from him being a top three player in the league. Uh, I just feel like uh, there's just there's something you got to fill in there when you're talking about superstar, um, you know, that, that you got to have that, that, that flair and that, uh, that charisma. So uh, interesting guess. question, though. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think, yeah, I think what you said, how you outlined it is pretty much it. But he'd have to, like, really make a 180 on those commercials. Uh, you know, I hate to be surface like that, but that would probably do something to, to shake it. But it sounds like Russ is now firmly ensconced for several years as their guy. As he should be, because he's the man. Um, my guy, Matthew Curley, uh, Curley underscore Synergy. He asked, a, he asked a, a joke question first, then he wanted to know on a serious note, which second-year player do you think will have the biggest jump and which will be a disappointment? So I actually brought up, uh, I brought up the draft uh, from last summer, last year, right? And I'm looking at the players. So, if we, have, so we got guys like Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, uh, Dragon Bender, Chris Dunn, you know, Heald, Murray, Marquise Chris, uh, Jacob Pertle. Um, I think, so I'm going to make a lot of people happy here because I haven't been the highest on them. I think Thon Maker is going to make a pretty big jump, right? Number 10 pick last year. Showed flashes, I think, with more playing time and another, you know, summer under his belt uh, with, with uh, you know, a year under his belt. He's going to look really good. Um, Malik Beasley, I think, is a breakout kind of guy. And, oh, my guy, Karis LeVert with, Jer- with uh, Brooklyn. I like him a lot. He's, okay. his, nickname is, his nickname is Baby Durant for a reason. 
I think he is going to kind of step into the – if he steps into the potential that people see in him, then I can understand when people say how the Nets might make a big jump this year because the, the guy can really flat out play. He's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he can get up and down the court. Are you looking at the list right now? Do you see it? I am. I am. I, you know, my pick, I talked about this with Dave earlier, I think, was uh, was going to be, uh, I think Buddy Heald is going to have another a bigger breakout year. I know they brought in some other guards in there, and he might end up having some struggling to get as many minutes as he deserves. But mm-hmm. I feel like the Kings are going to do something here, and I think Buddy's going to crack that 21, 22-point per game uh, level. Wait, was that where he was? Wow. Let me, let me check where he was, because he did really well when he went to Sacramento last year. In Sacramento, wanna... he averaged 15 a game. He shot 43. Yeah percent from three on high volume so yeah i think he's breaking 20 a game this year wow that's a big that's a big deal i, I also want to throw out the name uh our guy murray in san antonio Dejounte murray because oh, yeah. we know he has talent we know that uh tony parker's you know not maybe 100 percent for the season to start off we know that patty mills is great as a backup and in small spurts i don't know if he's ready for, like i don't know if how good they are in big minutes. So I think Murray has a good chance to step in and be an impact player this year too. He does, but you have the wrong Murray. It's Jamal Murray who's going to end up having the bigger impact. I think with that Denver team, it's going to All right. cause a lot okay. of people. A lot of people are sleeping on them big time, I, and uh, I think they're going to we're going to wake up uh, in the middle of March and realize, oh my God, Denver is screwing up everyone's bracket. So uh, we'll have to find so, out. But so you think Denver? What do you think Denver is going to end up in the West this year? Are you really I, high? I, on I them? think they're going to surprise everybody. So I'm thinking like at least fifth. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, who knows if they're going to stay healthy, but they got a lot of good talent. They got a good coach. They're building on something. Uh, yeah. How, how do you see them work? How do you, do you think Paul Millsap, he's a great defender individually. You think he's enough to make up for their defensive efficiencies? Because they were pretty bad last year. I think, I think, I think, well, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll just outscore everybody then. <laughs> but I don't. I don't. I think he'll be able to help. He's a smart defender, and he knows he knows how to play. And uh, you know, with the full training camp with all these guys, I think that uh, you remember Mike Malone was the architect of the of that number one defense for the Warriors originally. So um, you know, you guys can roll your I, eyes. No, my because I mean, when that's why my my issue with saying Jokic is like the best center in the league. All this he doesn't play defense. Yeah, and, and, and when you're you're that's the one position that you need. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe, you know, maybe he'll, he'll, you know, if he can block a few shots and grab high volume rebounds and maybe at least there and mitigate some of the other issues. But you're right. But either so way. You go, so you're on Jamal Murray as the biggest, uh, biggest jump. Next I, year? Well, I, I would say Buddy and then Jamal. Well, those are the, okay. Those Buddy are and Jamal. Guys. But, and I like, I'm, I'm liking like Thon. I just don't know if Thon Maker is going to end up having like gaudy stats or not. I think he'll get a lot of extra playing time. He'll be a difference maker. He'll be an impact player. But I just don't know if he's going to, you know, score a ton right. of points and get a ton of rebounds. Maybe I'll get some. I'm blocks. changing my answer anyway. What are you? I'm changing my answer anyway. I'm going to go with my boy Marquise Chris. All right. I think Mark. I think Marquise Chris has a nice season this year. They're not going to be good, but I think he, he's going to look more like an NBA player than he did last year. And I, I like him a lot. I love his physical tools. I think he starts to put it together this season. So that's my big jump. Who's your big disappointment? He also want to know about a, a oh, disappointment. Boy. As we got, we got to wrap this up real quick because I got to get out of here. But um, oh, oh yeah, crap. Let's. Uh, yeah, it's late. Uh, the biggest disappointment. How about Zipser? <laughs> I don't know. Really? I think he's going to be really good. I don't know. I, I watched enough of him last year. I was like, you know what? I don't know. I, I was. I, we'll see. But they're going to be crappy this year, and I just I don't know uh, how well he's going to do. So real quick, I'll say DeMontis Sabonis. I like him, and I like his skill set. I don't think – I think he's going to be a, a, a long-term pro. I don't know. I think, you know, he's in Indiana. He'll get minutes. I don't – I just – I didn't see a lot from him after, after like, the first couple weeks last I hear season. You. No, I, I agree. Actually, that's a better pick. So uh, keep your eye on him. He'll have some more opportunities on a, on a really bad team. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, either way, 
James, awesome discussion. Great questions, everybody out there. Glad we can give them some love and some hype. And um, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You win. Are you in, James? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. You know I'm in. That's it. Let's do it. I got my knee undies on. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.